from the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. Hello and welcome to On the Terraces. Um, different voice today. I'm Tom Taylor, um, and I will be. Well, I'll, I'll be here on the show for the next hour, and we've got Salim in the studio. Hello, everyone. Hiya. Um, so, yeah, wh- where are we today? Well, let's just go a quick run-through of our teams. Um, with the men's, Cambridge United got a draw today, 0-0 at Exeter City. Um, a win for Cambridge City, a much-needed win for Cambridge City, moving up um, one point in their league, um, and Hisson didn't play. Um, um, moving on to the women again, following the theme, the Cambridge United women didn't play. Um, but we will be hearing from Paul Burling from the um, from Cambridge City women as well. So, um, packed show today, lots and lots to talk about. So let us start off um, with Cambridge United. And I'll um, just kick off by um, with the interview um, with Neil Harris. Deserve to win the game. That's that's for sure. And I think a point was was fair. Exton might look to to the save Jack Stevens makes. Uh, it was a good chance for them. But other than that, there, there wasn't a lot in the game. Was there? We, we we had a couple of shots from outside the box as, as did they. So I thought point an ugly point was was a fair result for us. It's an important point. You now on, on on the road on, on the back of Blackburn, Oxford, and, and Cholton, where we played three tough away games but conceded goals um, I asked the boys today for a clean sheet mentality and I'm comfortable for going a little bit of quality at times to get a clean sheet mentality away from the Abbey so you know it's important that I praise my goalkeeper and my centre-halves for resilience uh, the quality they showed as senior players but then just the team for the mentality I was asked during the week in a press conference about the away form today was a start for us you know today was a start where we need to, we need that resilience and that aggression to our game and that discipline and structure but then just moments of quality we need to add as well first half was largely uneventful really uh, we know Exeter obviously have a good defensive record I think only Stephen you've conceded more at home than they have so you know concede very few but you were still perhaps disappointed in, in some of the chance creation in that first half yeah I think both both teams you know, I can't remember the shot at really either end and again I'm, I'm not going to not going to say it's acceptable and I'm certainly not not saying that because I'll always demand more from a group what, what I will say is sometimes it's just about results and we said before it's, you know it's not always going to be pretty at this stage of the season when the yellow balls are out and, and the pitch was really difficult today um, obviously I'm just passed an inspection at midday so you know we knew it was going to be difficult so you know but sometimes I'll, I'll accept on the, the occasion that we're not as good as we can be but I'll have to praise other areas of the performance and, and today uh, clean sheet mentality was the most important thing obviously it's another point gained and puts us in a, 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 a mid-table position in the league table and obviously Exeter I mean they've upped the tempo a little bit in that second half and you decide had to defend well yeah, and you expect that, uh, you know, in, in any division from a home side that got booed off at half-time. Expect them to come out and have a little bit of a go second half and, and, and force the issue a little bit, as, as, as we do um, at home. And then it's about the lads responding. And I, I thought we did. I thought, uh, other than Jack making a couple of low saves from outside the box, you know, there, there wasn't loads. They got into areas by overloading areas and putting the ball in the box. But again, we, we, we stood strong. And then it was just that one real moment of quality from Jack Stevens. You know, it's important that we praise that because it was a fine save. I was going to say, you, you, you look at the game becoming stretched as it goes on, last five or ten minutes, and to pull a save out like that out of the hat, I mean, it's preserve your point and, and your clean sheet, which you'll be really pleased with, Neil. Yeah, I, I, I am, and, and let's look at the reality of it. Is, is We've not had enough clean sheets on the road as a group this season, and when you look at the squad... 
you know, look at the team sheet um, and look at the, 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 the maybe lack of depth we've got available at the moment in, in certain positions. It makes it very difficult to, to, to make changes to try and win a game. So, you know, we went with the mindset of we have three defenders and a goalkeeper on the bench and, and, and Adam May, who, who's you know still finding his way back to full fitness, as maybe more of a ball-playing centre-field player than, than a higher one now. So we, we felt we were limited with options, you know, attacking-wise off the bench. Um, so we thought clean sheet mentality was the best way to go today. Um, so delighted with the point, delighted with the clean sheet. And, you know, it's imperative this week we try and add reinforcements to uh, a threadbare squad. And uh, a word for actually, actually for Lyle Taylor, who had plowed alone, follow up top, especially second half after Elias Kachunga had gone off in his first 90 minutes under the belt for you as well. Yeah, we, we, we thought about Lyle and we, we get him off slightly early. We, we decided no, we, we wanted to leave him. Uh, we wanted to you know, get him through 90 minutes. It was hard for him today. I thought the referee gave him no protection whatsoever. I thought he could have, um, you know, he should have had more fouls, more protection. And it just didn't lend itself. We, we just couldn't get enough bodies around him at times to really make him effective. Um, but still, I saw enough quality in his performance to be really pleased that he's going to add so much to our team. No Jack Lancaster in the squad today. Neil, what's the situation with him? Uh, we lost Jack in the last 36 hours. Th- Thursday session, right at the end of the session, put pulled up with an ankle, um, which we wasn't overly worried about on Thursday afternoon. And then Friday, you know, Friday morning he came in and he, and he wanted to train, but you know we thought it was important that we check him first, and he just wasn't physically ready to, to train. So we sent him for a scan on an ankle ligament injury or ankle sprain, whatever we want to call it. We've not had the results back yet, so hopefully I'll know by the time we get on the coach. If not, I might have to wait till Monday morning. Yeah, you mentioned the away record a little earlier, and obviously you look at today, it's a clean sheet. You know, you take something away from the game, rise to 14th in the table. Away from home, is this a step forward in terms of results and you know points on the board for you? At this stage of the season, every point is important. You know, we, we knew Wickham and Port Vale not playing, and, and you know, a couple of teams having tough fixtures. It was an opportunity for us to gain gain today, and, and we have. You know, we, we still we still we're in a very healthy position, and we've still got games in hand on teams above us and below us. So I'm really pleased with the point. It's a, it's a big step forward for us to get a clean sheet on the road. And again, while I'm still so early in my tenure to to, to have 11 points for seven games and, and get that clean sheet mentality, it is vital. And you know, we just we just when we we have that clean sheet mentality we need to make sure that we just have that little bit of quality on the ball as well we don't have one and not the other you know it's, it's the blend of both which was key and that's that's what we'll be looking to add in the coming weeks not a huge number of fans but uh, plenty of noise from them and they'll go home relatively pleased with what they've seen yeah de- definitely you know we, we, we've got good fans you know they're, they're loyal to their club also they you know the good football people understand football and they'd have seen they'd have seen the team sheet and thought oh we haven't got a load of strength in depth they'd have seen the performance and thought oh, it's not the prettiest of performance but it's a great point and you know to get a clean sheet they'll be proud of their team and their football club today and this is another point in, in, in the right direction so you know for them to come all this way in this crazy weather you know they're mad they're mad but i really praise them for it and thank them for it well there is um always always very bullish neil harris and you know praising the fans we know that tim um obviously tim our tim from terraces was there um and getting praise himself from neil harris um <laughs> So yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about this, and um, we'll bring in um, we'll bring in Matt Lockwood at this point. Now this is the first time we've done this, ladies and gentlemen. So let's give this a go um, and see how that's happening. There we are, Luke. It sounds alright. It does to me. Um, and hopefully Matt will pick up soon. Hey, hey, Tom, how you doing? I'm all right. How are you, Matt? Yeah, very good, thank you. Very good. Good. Our old boys reunion again. I know. <laughs> it's nice to be back, though. It's nice to be back on terraces. Um, nice to be back. So, um, 
Yeah, let's talk about the game at Exeter. Before we do that, let's talk about the game that nearly didn't happen, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, Celine, there's, there's something about... Is there FA regulations around around um, inspections and when matches can be called off and that? Well, I think I'm, I'm probably the wrong person to ask because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an expert myself. But, um, yeah, from what I understand, there was obviously a pitch inspection on Friday. Yeah. Um, and then the outcome of the pitch inspection was we'll do another pitch inspection <laughs> yes. on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, with, I think, the, what is it, like 572-mile round trip, they said, mm-hmm. you know, so it's going to take around four hours, five hours to get there. So yeah. the fans need to leave early, but the pitch inspection isn't until midday. So, yeah. you know, do you chance it and go? And thankfully, a lot of them did. And, you know, it's really a testament to, to the fan base and the supporters for, for doing so. Um, but obviously, there would have been a lot of angry fans that, go to a game that then gets called off and they're halfway there already. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a bit of a grey area, something they need to sort out. I mean, if, it it's, a, if it's a local one, then yeah, they're all right. But when it's a big yeah. one or one of the big ones of the season, it's it's a really tough one. Yeah, and sometimes you feel sorry for the refs who have to make that kind of decision like ahead of knowing whether it's whether it's going to go off or not. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. And there was something something happened at Histon, sorry, at Histon, Stevenage, didn't it, where the, their game this week was postponed at very very late notice and you know and you know controversy shall we say about whether that should have gone that wasn't for the light skin was it no no that was for <laughs> no, that was for the well the speculation is and obviously this is just internet rumor so i'm sure it's all scullerous <laughs> but the speculation was that there was illness in the stevenage camp so they didn't the ground staff didn't make too much of an effort to put it on but oh, that's 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 just internet rumor and as ever there's probably nothing to it at all um and we would never doubt the um the integrity of, of Stevenage. So Matt um <laughs> did you moving Matt, Matt Matt begs to differ. Moving swiftly yeah. on. <laughs> I'll say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> moving moving swiftly on. So the game did go ahead and um yeah I mean I guess there's a difference between the the entertainment on the pitch and the the importance of getting a point for Cambridge United. Yeah, and I and I think that was it, wasn't it? I think Neil said in his um, in his press interview after the game, look, it, it's about setting up the clean sheet mentality, as he as he called it, and um, that's certainly something that we did get yesterday as as another positive. Um, as you know, being a you know a long diehard United supporter, Exeter is not a good hunting ground for us. Um, very rarely do we do well there or get anything. So. You know, to, to firstly take the point on, you know, what was, you know, not the best pitch, but, you know, fair play to Exeter, you know, for getting the game on when so many others were called off. And, um, you know, fair play to the players that, you, you know, you, you could see we're missing a few, you know, key players. A, a few of them are creative players as such as well. And um, to go down there on, you know, what was probably, you know, a bit of a bobbly and, you know, could could have been at times a hard pitch and a soft pitch and, you know, dealt with everything really, really well. Um, you know, the first half was, was an absolute non-entity. I mean, the stats for the first half say it all, no shots on t- goal or on target for either for either side. And then the second half, you know, Exeter did come out at us a little bit more. Um, but, you know, the young lad, Dion Rankin, who is, you know, an ex-United Youth Academy player, you know, shone brightly for, for them. And was probably their their most creative outlet towards the end of the game, but we stuck at it, and we we had one slight chance with Liam Bennett at the end, which which could have gone in, and and it didn't unfortunately. But yeah, at the end of the day, it, it's a good point, and it's a valuable point away from home where we've struggled for for so long now, haven't we? Yeah, 
Yeah, that's it. And so, you know, there's there's a part of you as a supporter that thinks, well, you know, Exeter, they're, they're, they're right near the bottom of the league. Um, that's the kind of game you ought to be winning. And there's another part of you that thinks, actually, you know, any point away from home is a good point. Um, and, you know, the... the that actually the away record isn't that good, and so you you know putting together two results now, um, you know winning a draw suddenly that's you know it's the first step on a run, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all about building momentum and building the um, hard to beat mentality. You know, you look at the game last week, um, like as Matt said, um, the first half then was quite similar as well in terms of it being not the most entertaining and a bit flat, and then mm. obviously a few bodies come on, change the game, and then we end yeah. up winning the game. Mm. Uh, and then you go away to Exeter, who we've re- recently played, I don't know how many weeks ago it was now, and that game was similar as well in the sense that it was flat for a bit and then it starts getting going and then mm. we end up with a, with a positive result. And I think the result yesterday being a draw, given the history of the tie at their place uh, is of massive significance. Like it's not yeah. particularly particularly appealing to the eye. Like no one will draw you think oh, it was a boring game, but mm. um, you know to come out having not lost is is massive and building that that culture of being hard to beat um, on the road is really important. Yeah, yeah, it was quite remarkably dull though. I mean, it has to be said. Just looking at the highlights, that <laughs> you know the highlights is like, oh, a cross went in, the goalkeeper caught it. And we'll have a replay of that, and we'll move on to the next thing, yeah. just because it, it's almost like they're trying to trying to kill time, really. But you know, th- having said that, that's a testament to the defence as well. Exactly, there wasn't yeah. really that many chances. One that, thing that I will say, I mean, like Jack Stevens is—he uh, had a busy afternoon, from what I saw. Mm. Uh, obviously, I wasn't at the game. From the highlights that I saw, he mm. did look like he had a busy afternoon. And um, you know, we've often been criticised for lapsing in concentration, yeah. particularly towards the end of the towards the end of the game like Matt alluded to Dion Rankin puts a great cross in at the end mm. and you know they got the chance to go one up and win and steal the game and he's pulled off an amazing save so he needs to be credited as well because he's had quite a bit of um, criticism yeah, yeah. you know in the part I don't know if Matt wants to add anything to that No I think you're right Slim. I think um, it, it, as you say you know one of the things that even Neil himself has you know called out recently is, is the lack of you know just being turned on in, in the key moments in games and you know t- switching off and you know we, we saw it at Oxford um, you know just after Christmas didn't we when it yeah. when it did cost us the game in the 95th minute you know we weren't switched on and um, you know it, it's going to take a long time you know we, we have to remember that you know a lot of these players as of right now are, are not players you know that Neil has signed himself you know it's not necessarily a a Neil Harris team right now but you know he's working with the players that he's got and that's what he said you know he's he's got to work with these players and then try and add the players that he wants to as well and you know if he could start getting these players you know switched on and focused and organized for for 90 minutes like like he wants them to do you know, we'll, we'll be quite comfortable in the end. I, I have no doubt about that. And um, like you say, Salim, you know, for, for Jack to be, you know, really alert with, you know, and making that, you know, as a, you know, it's a match match saving game, isn't yeah, it? You know, definitely. you know, save it's a top class save, um, and, and it should be applauded for it because you know it could have quite easily have gone in, and um, you know, it's and it's a point when you know was it was it the right you know fair result probably on on the balance you know. It, the chances were slim, but you know that was the but that was the best one of the game, and um, the goalkeeper's done his job and earned his clean sheet bonus. So it, you know it, it it was a good save. You know, really pleased for the boys, and um, you know I'm, I'm sure, I, or we're hoping that the, some of the creative players come back soon just to give us that attacking edge. Cause, yeah. um, you know, 
for, for all the hard work Lyle Taylor did um, yesterday. There, there was nothing behind him and nothing for him to work off. But good to get to have him have 90 minutes as well because I didn't think he'd last 90 minutes. And, yeah, definitely. You know, he did really well himself. So, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, there's small, small positives, Tom. Um, you know, very small. <laughs> but, you know, there, there's, there are positives all, all the same. Yeah, but the, I mean, yeah, just the very point. They're just the very um, uh, point that they are playing with Lyle Taylor up front. They've got that focus again, which they haven't had for quite a few weeks now. Um, you know, um, with um, you know, with all the injuries up front, so there is a little bit of a change. They've they've had a week to work on it, but even so, you know, another week to work on it. Um, you know, ahead of the home fixture next week, and yeah. is it Burton? And um, you know, hopefully. Hopefully they'll be they'll be better better placed because it is also about the players knowing their job, knowing the shape yeah. and how they how they're going to play. But results like this as well, almost like you know, they're really really under um, they're underestimated in terms of significance. Like the draw yesterday is almost like buying time, you know, for those mm. uh, more creative players to come back because you lose that game and then suddenly you're in you're in a deeper position in the table. You put more yeah. pressure on your strikers to come back and when they come back and they need to get a bit of time to get going and all of that, then yeah. the culture starts to get lost and all everything becomes a bit tense. Whereas mm. you get that point and you think, okay, cool, we've got... Not that we've got a, a bit of time and we can rest on our laurels, but mm. we've got a foundation here that we're waiting for players to come back and just to build on that. Yeah. Whereas if you just, you know, you keep losing games and you destroy that foundation, mm. you're so like, vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've got here... They're up, what, two places from last week? So from yeah. 16th to 14th now, and that's just from the yeah. draw. Yeah. So it still shows you how competitive it is um, even at this stage. It is, it is, and that's really important, I think, because there were some postponements last week. Yeah. Or, sorry, yesterday, in fact. There were some postponements at the weekend. So actually, you know, look at it the other way. You lose game, you, know, you lose the game. It's a game chalked off. The others have got, some of the others have got games They've got hand. to play again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But at least you picked up a point. At least you got that in the bag, yeah. you know, and that's, you know, particularly around the, you know, the bottom half of the table and that's really important. Yeah, and thank God that we don't have to go to Exeter again Tuesday night because, <laughs> uh, yeah, Matt, I'm Hopefully sure you would have been, yeah. <laughs> would it have been too yeah. chuffed about that one? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think even I'd have made the Tuesday night one. Um, yeah. You know, as I say, I'm not even doing Portsmouth this year because uh, that, that's too, you know, a bit too far away yeah, as well. And whoever arranged that for a Tuesday night needs to have a serious talking to as well. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think as you say, Slim, it, it was important because of the cancellations. Uh, you know, we did get something, and you know, going up those two places. Um, you know, as you say, it shows how tight this league is. And, you, you know, if, if we win Saturday, you know, and results go our way, potentially, you know, we're, we're 13th or 12th. And yeah. if you'd have said that, you know, coming towards the end of the, the January transfer window with, with the injuries we have got and, you know, the squad being as stretched as, as it is and you're, you're sitting 12th, um, you know, you, you'd have not only sort of bitten people's hands off, you'd have asked them what they were drinking to think <laughs> that would be that high because, you know, it is a mark of, you know, how much more we are you know, organised and stronger and, you know, harder to beat we are becoming. But, you know, I, one thing is clear is, you know, nil does need to get some players in. You know, it's, it's, it's desperate, you know, it really is. And um, we want to try and not, have these injured players be hurried back you know we can think back Tom you know Richard Money years when you know we used to have injured players Tom and as Elliott. soon as they were classed as match fit they were playing you know Tom Elliott and Ryan Donaldson being two of them 
Yeah. And we don't want that because, you know, those injuries did probably, you know, curtail their, their career in some cases. You know, yeah, yeah, Tom went and played for Millwall, but he didn't play as many games as he might have done. And, you know, we, we don't we want our players match fit and playing as much as possible, you know, especially for for our club as well. Yeah, no, you're right. And, you know, the... Um... You know the impact. You, you, obviously, we're not in a position to kind of you know draw the line directly. But you mentioned two players that had huge promise when they played for Cambridge United, yep. and um, didn't quite work out for them in their in you know in terms of their career. And you know, almost football clubs have got a duty of care really over their players to kind of you know look after them as as human beings and as as, as professionals. Yeah, definitely. I think um, you know people don't realise the. The intensity, I think, of the sport yeah. to put it together, you know, yeah. week after week and day after day, it's, mm. it's really tough. So to keep those players fit, I think, is the main priority at the moment. And, yeah. um, you know, like I said, buy a bit of time so yeah. that we can get to, let's say, uh, end of February with a full squad where mm. there's lots of competition and really finish the season strong. Yeah. Yeah, let's sort of just build on that a little bit because, um, you know, the Premier League at the moment have got a week break. Yeah. Um, you know they're having a bit of a rest. It's an interesting point that you're making about um, you know about the intensity of the sport, which is something that you know maybe a lot of you know your your person on the terraces, probably a man on the terraces, doesn't necessarily appreciate because they're saying, oh, they only have to work for ninety minutes a, a week, <laughs> and um, and you know and it's and it's fun because you know it, it should be, yeah. um, but. Um, but you know, but clearly, you know, the Premier League who play a lot fewer games than um, you know than League One, um, well, unless they're and, and you know unless they're chasing Europe. But you know, in the general case being, of course, that um, that they they they're having a break and the Cambridge United players aren't. And there's been some sort of chat on you know social media and the like that one or two of the Cambridge United players are looking tired. Um, I'm thinking about James Brophy, for example, and people have said that you know James Brophy looks tired. Um, now James Brophy is not a player, you know. I not everyone is as much of a fan of James Brophy as I am, but he, no one can say that he doesn't work hard. Um, and so, you know, how much of a thing is that that you know you, you get to this point of the season, um, you know, you're just over halfway, and you know, are they? It does tiredness take a take its toll at this particular point? Yeah, I think it definitely does. You know, it's it's tough to put together. Um, 90s you know back to back like you hear uh, in the press conference on Thursday with um, Jordan him talking about obviously his injuries that he's had in his career and now mm -hmm. he's managed to have I think is it like I don't know if this is right but I think 8 or 9 consecutive games now where he's mm -hmm. managed to put put together minutes which is really good for him um, yeah particularly in those um, older players who have had longer careers mm -hmm. the, the fatigue sets in a bit more I think and that's where squad depth is a luxury yeah. and a luxury that yeah. we don't really have at the moment with the number mm -hmm. of injuries we've got um, so yeah I think it is a bit bizarre that um, you know the, the Premier League have that have that break and mm -hmm. it's not followed through like filtered down in the other leagues um, I don't yeah. know whose decision that is but at the same time I mean you know what you sign up for and you know you're going to have X amount of games in a season and yeah. you need to stay fit for it so yeah. you don't, there's no time for complaining you just <laughs> just get on with it <laughs> yeah. yeah I guess it's a feature of the competition but you know I guess you know building on what you're saying Salim about you know depth in the squad it's something that would support the 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 larger teams or the the richer clubs, if you like, the ones yeah. that have got a bigger squad and got more strength and depth, yeah. and um, you know, particularly in in our league, the likes of say Cambridge United or Cheltenham or whoever else it might be, who um, 
you know don't don't bring in the resources to quite the same extent yeah yeah definitely it's definitely a massive factor i think in the league and um like you said with the squad depth and you know financial capacity and purchasing power mm. um it can be quite a telling factor and a, a deciding factor i think in terms of how you do but I think you have to pray to the injury gods and hope that injuries fall as nicely as, mm-hmm. as possible for you and they don't hamper you too much and then you'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Matt, do you see um, the kind of the signs of tiredness around around the squad, particularly, you know, you think about some of those players who played a lot of games? Yeah, I, I think you, there were a couple yesterday. Um, you know, you mentioned James Brophy, who I think has been off, you know, a little bit in the past couple of weeks. Um, and, and as you say, Tom, because he's, he's played so many games and it's just not this season as well. He played a lot um, last season too. Um, and Danny Andrew, I think, was another one. But, you know, in, in the case of, of Danny Andrew, then, you know, we, we've had Brandon Houndstrup and, um, you know, Harrison Dunk both injured, yeah. you know, within the, the same, you know, time period where we, we could have ro- rotated Danny for, for a couple of games and brought him out and played Harrison or Brandon had they been fit. But obviously Harrison got injured very, very early. And then Brandon, unfortunately, is you know, has just been almost permanently injured. Um, you know, bless him. So, um, you know, he, he, so yeah, Danny's now starting to look tired. And then there's somebody who, who looks tired sometimes and then at other times is absolutely, un, you know, unplayable. And that's Liam Bennett, who's played almost every single game apart from, I think, one or two, uh, you know, that EFL Cup thing. You know, he might not have played a couple of them, but, you know, other than that, he's played, a, you know, a lot of games. And, you know, one week he looks really, really tired. And then the next week he looks full of energy and the, the 20, 21-year-old, he, he really is. So, um, you know, it is hard. It is hard, especially with the, the way that we operate. We, As you say, we, we don't have the resources to have a squad of, you know, 26, 27 players plus you know, the youngsters coming through, you know, we, we operate with a squad of 23. That's what we had under, you know, Mark. Uh, I think Neil's come out and said that's what he wants to operate with as well. So you've got 23 and then, you you know, you've got some of the youngsters as well who will also, as they're coming through, they'll they'll pick up knocks, as, as Salim will say, if they're going out and playing, you know, uh, you know, for a month, uh, you know, say St Albans or somewhere, you know they they'll t- they'll take a little knock, niggle and a knock here and there as well, and then you can't risk them as they come back. So you know it's it's always going to be tough, isn't it? But the boys have, have done it really well. That you know they've carried on you know particularly well. But yeah, you know we're we're looking hard at the transfer market. You know we've made no secret about that. Um, you know at least one striker or forward player will be coming in potentially uh, you know I think a right back is, is what Neil said as well which is you know another area we've, we've said you know we'll need feeling to give um, Liam a break and we know Harrison's on his way back and uh, that you know that means Danny can have a break as well so it, you know it's hard it's hard it really is hard you know and um, they're, they're doing really really well as of now the football's not great but they're picking up points so they've just got to keep going and Hopefully by next week we might have one more player in to help out, and you know, touch wood, nobody else has, has got injured after yesterday's game as well because it's the last thing we need. Brilliant, Matt. I think we'll leave it there. Um, good point for Cambridge United. Looking forward to Burton um, next week, and um, yeah, thank you very much, and we'll catch up with you soon. Take care. Yeah, Take thanks, care, guys. Cheers, Cheers. Bye. Bye. Brilliant. Um, so, shall we?
Shall we move on to City next? Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Let's do that. Brilliant. Okay, so um, Cambridge City, welcome win yesterday. Um, and I am going to give Robbie Nightingale a call. Um, I've told her, I'm told that he'll be ready. So let's see, let's see what we can get. Hi there. This is- oh dear. Oh, so 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 Robbie's not there. Um, so I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to move on. Well, let's. We'll, we talk no. about the game. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about, the, about game. the game. Talk yeah. about the game a little bit because, um, yeah, I'm mean, just a, a four-three win. Sounds very exciting. Yeah. Um, well, massive for them. I think it's been. Like, yes. It feels like it's been an age <laughs> yeah. since they last won a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, first victory in five. Um, and they're up one position from sixteen, uh, from seventeenth to sixteenth. Sorry, um, but yeah, I mean, I think I, I was quite critical of them last week on the show. So this week, mm. I'll give them the plaudits. Um, <laughs> you know, a win on the board for them is enormous for confidence and you know for team morale as well. And hopefully, they can they can continue that positive. Yeah, you know, the positive corner, if you like, that they've turned. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that I mean, you know, Robbie said after the so the last week, last Saturday, they lost one nil at Quorn. Um, and a lot of the talk was that actually it was quite close. Actually, they're on the right track, and yeah. um, you know it was. You know, managers sometimes use phrases like fine lines and things. I don't think um, <laughs> I don't think Robbie actually mentioned that, but the same. You know, it's true, isn't it? That you know sometimes, yeah. excuse me, the small things can make a big difference, and it seems like the small things in the game at Corn made a difference in the wrong way for Cambridge City. But Robbie wasn't too. Um, critical of the performance and yeah. you know the the win yesterday at home to Coleshill Town seems to have borne out that that actually you know they're they're you know he was perhaps right not to be too um not to be too critical yeah but they've fallen on the right side of it um yesterday so obviously they're fortunate um with the win 4-3 mm. um I said on the show last week if you can see four goals you're going to struggle yes. to win any game yeah. but obviously they conceded three yesterday and that's yeah. not too much better but at the same time they showed that they can score goals, which mm. is really positive. So, yeah. um, if that's going to get them through and see them through, then by all means, that's that's good enough for them. Um, but you know, if they can tighten up that defence, that'll be really good for them and separate the gap between. Um, I think it's Coventry Sphinx and Gresley who are just beneath them. Uh, I think one and two points below them with a game in hand and no games in hand. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, it's really, really, it's still really tight um, down there, and it's definitely not a case of job done but it really it's progress isn't. progress for sure no it really isn't and so yeah if you look at the other results so with um you know we've been we've been writing off russian diamonds yeah. um and then um saturday they played um they played rugby town i believe they lost sorry they won i beg your pardon so i mean it, it's all it is all quite tight in there and you know we were thinking of writing them off yeah um, but from city's point of view um you know, beating um, beating Coles Hill actually brings it. You know, they're now within six points of Coles Hill. Yeah, um, whereas they would have been nine. 
yeah. if they if they'd lost. So you know it's incredibly important down there, and it's still quite tight. Yeah, and with the like obviously the negative momentum that were, that they had with all the losses, and like you said, it's been really close last week. One nil to one nil lost to Corn. I mm-hmm. briefly spoke to him um, at the ground, and he said that it was really tight. They should have won the game. Yeah. Similar story the week before that when they were three nil up. Mm. I think at eighty four, and yes. then lost the game four three. So I know, that's hard. you know when you're on a run like that, and mm. you're just losing games like mm. in the dying stages, and things aren't going your way, and the running mm. feels that bit harder, and you know training feels that bit hard and team morale's low creativity is also low because you don't want to risk because you know naturally you're probably going to lose the ball and it could that'll be the moment that they score and then you lose the game mm. um, you know this this win la- uh, yeah. yesterday for them was massive it is massive and if you look at the fixtures if you look at the fixtures then um, the last three games have been really tough um, they've had Spalding United who are currently second Loughborough Dynamo who are fifth and in the playoff zone corner not far behind in eighth so the you know those three games they played teams in the top eight yeah and then coles hill who are you know, a little bit you know then they're kind of mid to bottom half of the table um they've just beaten them and then next they've got rugby town who are in the relegation zone um oh sorry that's a that's the week after next um the third of feb but next week they're playing walsall wood who are yeah. 13th so you know they've got you you have to think that you know they will want to capitalize on on those games and pick up some points from yeah. from those matches I mean, ahead you have of some to. more difficult yeah games you have to because these are the teams that are in and around you and mm. you want to push on above them to just increase that distance between you and the drop zone so yeah. you know you hear about all the positive work that they're doing off the pitch but mm. the main priority has to be staying in step four this season course, because yeah. Otherwise, that 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 work off the pitch will be almost a, a burden to them, you know, yeah. next season. And yeah, yeah, yeah if they can stay in this league for for next season, then you'd have to see, you know, brightness in the future yeah. um, for Cambridge City, and you know, almost like a, a new start, um, and you know, a new stadium. They'll that will definitely that will create a buzz. It will definitely create a buzz um, in around the Cambridge City supporter base, but opening them up to new supporters too. Yeah, exactly. And people will be more inclined to come and watch, you know, mm. um, football at that level. No disrespect to Step Five by any mm. means, but um, you know, step um, playing, staying at Step Four and mm. being that bit higher, yeah. people might be a bit more inclined. Yeah, and Cambridge City would want to be in Step Three at the very least. Um, yeah. But yeah, and so and there've been sort of a few changes um, this week as well. Um, Scott Bridges leaving, so Taylor Parr. Um, Kind of taking over as Cat Taylor Parr being hugely experienced anyway and a, a real rock for Cambridge City, but um, taking over as captain. Um, so that will, um, you know, that leadership obviously didn't go to the game, but it sounds like that kind of leadership has been really important dragging them through um, to yeah. the win. Yeah, Taylor Parr's an important player for them. I've, I've played against him a few times. Right. Uh, he's kicked me a few times. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that having that experience, the experience head on the pitch, especially like, like I said in those games um, two weeks ago where it was close and they end up mm. losing 4-3 and conceding four goals in less than 10 minutes, like that should never happen. And mm. it's uh, characters like him um, and if they bring in a few others that are also experienced leaders that can yeah. you know, bolster up the... Um, you know those the young lads that are on loan and stuff like that, and mm. see out a game that could be really significant to them going towards the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And they've had a, a change of goalkeeper as well, um, with um, Joe Welch, the talismanic goalkeeper, according to their um, social media. Joe Welch um, 
having having illness and um, and not being able to play. So they um, they secured the services of Casper um, Kurulovic. I think I've said that hopefully kind of right um, <laughs> on a dual on a dual registration. So. Um, you know St Ives Town and Cambridge City, and and coming straight into the starting lineup yesterday, and you know conceded three goals. Got no idea what happened there, but um, but uh, again, an experienced goalkeeper who who will help see them through this. Um, you know for however long he's needed, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Good, brilliant, um, excellent. So that's more about Cambridge City, and you know really pleased that they're creeping up the table there and inching their way towards safety, incredibly important for them. Um, no game for Cambridge United's women today, no. or yesterday, in fact, this weekend. Uh, last weekend, sir. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and this and, weekend and, as well. And this yeah, weekend, yeah. So, yeah, last weekend's game, um, well, was obviously very eventful. Um, and we do have um, an interview with Darren... Yeah. Online um, after that, if uh, after that match as well. So I think it'd be good to catch up a little bit with that and see, and see um, how um, Cambridge United's women's manager um, views the future after that very eventful game against Norwich. Darren, an interesting game last week. Norwich. We talked about how uh, they were unbeaten. It was going to be a difficult game on paper. We'll talk about how it ended. But uh, uh, you went down to two early goals, came back to two all, and then a, a penalty three two before the game was abandoned. Yeah, it was kind of a, a bit of a sort of a split of a game, really. We, we'd, we'd given Norwich the opportunity to have the ball, but we've, we've, I thought our shape was good and we didn't really give too much in terms of clear chance. They had, they had one in the first couple of minutes that Freya Simmons put over the top. But after that, you know, we, we let, they had the ball and yes, they dominated possession of the ball, but in terms of chance, they didn't really create a lot. The two goals they scored were just really poor mistakes from Sammy. The first one, she's, uh, she's gone to play a pass back to Webby, underhit the pass completely. They've read it, intercepted, gone round Webby and scored. Second one, she's quite rightly dropped in to receive the ball from a goal kick receives the ball but at no point checks her shoulders she's got no idea where people are behind her gets tackled gets the ball robbed off a poke forward to the Norwich striker around Webby and scores so 2-0 down but just two very poor individual errors other than that actually we had a reasonable grasp on the game you know then we went a little bit a little bit harder press on them and we got at them a little bit and and look they they really couldn't handle that so well and that's the first time we've been able to do that against a better side and not get picked off at the same time because that's always the risk and I thought you know we had enough quality in, in the back four where when we did have those moments where we lost the ball and transition we was really good at making sure we did the right thing slowed the game down or you know showed them wide so they were going away from goal didn't allow direct uh, access towards our goal mouth so we did we played really well and and yeah scored just before half time uh, corner and AJ uh, Abby Jackson hit the the crossbar and Koski put it in the back post and then what I really liked about us was that we continued that in the second half after half time when we spoke about it we said you know yeah, it's really nice that we're back in the game. That's not going to count for a lot if we don't go on and get ourselves properly back in the game and get another goal. So really pleased to see us start on the front foot and aggressive and, you know, really nice piece of football as well to get the equaliser. Ball from the middle from Sammy, praise it out wide to Koski, gets it out of feet, delivers an unbelievable cross into the box. Fantastic header from Alicia and we're back in the 2-2. Penalty was debatable and I'm pretty fair when I say these things and everybody I've spoken to at the ground said they didn't think it was a penalty either, that, that Norwich got awarded to, to be 3-2 up. But, you know, at the point that the game was abandoned with, with an injury to Brooke, ultimately we was really on top and even though we was 3-2 down, I felt that we was always going to get at least an equalising goal. So, yeah, nice to be shown that we can compete against those better sides again. Obviously, Drew won all with Norwich away at Carrow Road and nice to show that we could do the same thing again. But as you say, Brooke injured in a, a challenge uh, fairly close to the end of the game. First of all, uh, how is she? 
Yeah, she's doing okay, actually. So game was abandoned with, with five minutes of normal time to play. And I've got to say, the Norwich physio was absolutely outstanding. We, we've got a brilliant medical team and Charlie is is top class and was there straight away to, to you know, check on Brooke and, and make her comfortable. Norwich physio was excellent in supporting and um, between the two of them, they, they did a fantastic job. But the, the, the thought from both of them at the time is that there was a, a real chance that Brooke had, had fractured her leg. So, you know... Ambulance was called and, and uh, unfortunately ambulances don't come too quickly at times these days. So the referee was left with very little choice but to abandon. But she's doing okay. The uh, hospital x-rayed her and diagnosed that there was no fracture or break, luckily. But just some some pretty serious tissue damage. She's got some nasty marks on her leg where the, where the impact was and a lot of bruising. But she's starting to put a little bit of weight back through it again now. And she's she's been able to get on a cycle so she can maintain a bit of fitness. So yeah, we're, we're hopeful that it's not going to be too long out. But obviously it won't be quick, but it would certainly be a lot quicker than uh, had she fractured her leg. So... Luckily, we're, we're looking at good news. And the uh, result, previous years might have stood because it was so late in the game, but uh, now it goes to review and you'll find out, hopefully, that it will be uh, replayed. Yeah, so yeah, the old the old system was that if it went past a certain point in the game, the the result stood. But for the last year or so, year or two, there's there's been a change in that, which any game that doesn't get finished to its natural conclusion goes to the league committee or the FA, and there's a panel where they'll sit and they'll they'll make a decision as to whether they think the game should be replayed or whether it you know the, the result stands. And certainly the the precedent with with other teams, Derby County were one recently where they were very late in the game, similar to us. The score was two one, and and the game was replayed. So we've got every confidence that the game will be replayed and. And certainly, you know, based on the state of the game, it should be. It was, you know, Norwich had a one goal advantage, but we were well on top. And as I say, I think I think had the game been concluded, I'm pretty sure that we would have got at least an equaliser and possibly even gone on one because we was very much on the front foot. As a, you've got no fixture this weekend because obviously it's a County Cup weekend. You're back in action in a cup game against Maidenhead United uh, next week. Yeah, so yeah, we've had this conversation lots, haven't we, about the disjointed nature of the programme and I, I don't like it. You know, I think there's a need to, to look at it and try and fulfil a, a more conde- you know, more condensed programme if we need to or ultimately more teams in the league, I think, is what's needed so we have a better programme. But, you know, this one doesn't hurt us too much. We'll train and, um, you know, we've got a chance then to get a couple of people maybe back or certainly on the edges of being back, which will be good. And then Maidenhead in the league plate quarterfinal, you know, a week on Sunday, which will be something for us to look forward to. It's the furthest the club have got in, in a national competition like like this for quite some time so we're really looking forward to the opportunity to go and uh, hopefully if we can do the same as we have against Norwich you know in terms of performance I'd, you know, I'd, feel, I'd feel comfortable that uh, we'll give him uh, a good game Brilliant so um, there's Darren the manager of Cambridge United's um, women team, women's team um, you know clearly a difficult difficult experience of that game in Norwich and to have you know what looked like a really serious injury happening there um, causing the game um, to be abandoned. I mean, what would that be like as a player if that, you know, having that kind of, that kind of experience in a game? Yeah, I think obviously, first of all, we've got to wish um, Brooke all the best for her recovery. Um, yeah, we've got to wish her all the best for her recovery um, back from the injury, and um, because you know, coming back from injury is is really difficult. Um, and thank goodness it's not. It's nothing too too serious, which is good. Um, but I think Dan, with regards to the actual game, Dan will be quite pleased. I think, um, but obviously before it was abandoned, it was two two. Yeah. And um, earlier in the season, I think they lost five nil or something like that at Carrow Road. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. You know, they were, seemed like they were miles away at that point, mm. but now they're really close and competitive. Um, Norwich is definitely one of the best teams in the league, if mm. not, you know, maybe just a bit behind uh, Wimbledon. Um, so it's good just for them to. 
be able to show that they can be really competitive and you know yeah. and compete with these top teams and that means that they're heading in the right direction yeah yeah no they've been, they've been missing a few players um anyway um and you know it's a it it, it becomes it becomes very disruptive um, yeah. as well and, and 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 i guess um you know not having a fixture this week I mean, maybe maybe that's a good thing in terms of letting letting them settle a little bit and get ready for the for the future. You know, yeah, the future games. I mean, it can be. I think breaks are breaks. I think you only know the outcome of a break in hindsight if that right, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah. You, you have a week off and then the next week you you win three nil, for instance, mm. and they're like, oh, the training was brilliant. Mm. Um, and or alternatively, you go lose three nil, and they're like, oh, they didn't do enough. The, you know, they've yeah. been resting for too long. Mm. So, um, I think. Obviously, playing would have been great for them because I think mm-hmm. they've got good momentum at the moment. Yeah. Um, they've come a, a long way from the beginning of the season when they, they were struggling to win a little bit. Um, but, yeah, at the same time, more training time, a bit of rest time as well for the players now that they're yeah. a bit thin on the ground. Um, not putting them through that, that extra load might be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. So, um, moving on to Cambridge City's women. Um, so, um, Tim had um, a chat with Paul Burling earlier on today, I believe, actually. So let's listen to that now. So, Paul, I guess a disappointing uh, result for you uh, last week. Chesham were on the same point as you. You would have looked to have uh, leapfrogged them, but unfortunately not to be a fairly heavy defeat, 6-2 on paper. Was it Was it quite as one-sided as that? It wasn't, no. Uh, Chesham were very streetwise, very um, physical. Uh, we were... Uh, weakened considerably. We we had Nina recalled by Ipswich um, for their FA Cup game. So we had a 16-year-old in gold making a debut and it was a little bit much for her. Um, we had our skipper out on a UEFA C course. So our two most experienced players are unavailable. Um, and yeah, it the scoreline didn't quite reflect the, the game as a whole, but Chesham were worthy winners. Yeah, and, and and obviously that leaves you um, kind of in a bit of a predicament. You're 11th place, uh, just two points clear of Hayward Seath, but you played a game more than uh, some of the teams at the bottom and two games more than Chesham. Uh, just over halfway you know, through the number of uh, games you're going to play, it, it, how how do you see yourself faring in the second bit of the season? We've, we think the last sort of six, six or seven games, we could easily have won five of them. Um, with a little bit of luck and and the uh, the right rub of the green and bounce of a ball, you know, um, we're playing so much better than we were at the start of the season. Yes, we're playing catch up, but our performances uh, have been a lot better than uh, results suggest. Um, we've strengthened this team considerably in the last couple of weeks uh, with three or four um, new players coming in, which are slightly older. We've signed two more from Ipswich yesterday from their under 23s team. So we've strength in depth, the performances are going the right way and I expect us to, to get the points we need to move up the table in the remainder of the season. And you mentioned that uh, Nina had gone back to Ipswich for the for the uh, Cup game, but uh, you've got her back, yes? Yep, so we've um, come up with an agreement again with Ipswich for the rest of the season. Uh, so thanks to them for their, their work and support with us. And um, Nina is back, which is a, a massive lift for the girls. And obviously no game this weekend and it's County Cup uh, fixtures only. So uh, you get to, to take a rest. Uh, two difficult games coming up. You've got QPR next week uh, and then uh, Ashford the following week. So currently fourth and fifth place in the league. Um, uh, I guess you'd be hoping for a, a, at least a couple of points from that. 
yeah, definitely. Look, I think I, I don't get too drawn into to league placings. I think the top two teams are the best two teams in the league and deservedly at the top in Norwich and Wimbledon. And I think everybody else is more than capable on their day of beating everyone else. We should have taken points off Ashford when they were unbeaten top of the league. Um, earlier in the season, we were unlucky not to take all three points uh, against QPR with um, one free cone goal and, and centre-half standing on the ball cost us. So silly little errors that we've cut out with. We're confident that we can pick up points against every other team in the league. Um, and uh, I'm sure we will. There we go. That's um, Paul Burling. Did you know that I went to school with Paul Burling? Really? No, you obviously <laughs> didn't. <laughs> anyway, anyways, nice guy then. Nice guy now. Um, yeah, so, you know, talking about Cambridge City, we were just talking while while Paul was talking about about the growth of women's football in general and how, how great, how encouraging that is. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see, obviously, um, more inclusion and more exposure for the ladies is mm -hmm. really positive for their game. And um, I think that kind of streams down from the success that the Lionesses have had. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been great, the publicity that they've had and mm -hmm. what the country have done for them in terms of, you know, the FA and organisations like that and putting them on par with the men as much as possible, you yeah. know. I actually... Um, went to St George's Park recently for some rehab mm -hmm. and um, when I was there they were there you know and right. I saw kind of them training and their processes and mm. it's honestly top level stuff top top professionals you know mm. um, really really good in, in, in their field of work if you like mm. um, so yeah for, to see that growth um, happening at the moment is really positive and really mm. encourage, encouraging and long may it continue yeah yeah and that you know certainly the level of the lionesses and the you know the really top teams then that's you know i, I you know i can see that and you get the, yeah. you can see the level of exposure and some of the attendances well, yeah. that they're getting in the um you know in the in the women's super league is yeah. a, a really really strong i think um, a, a massive uh step forward for them was i think they signed a deal uh i can't remember if it was the bbc but i think there's at least one or a handful of televised games mm. every sunday Right. You know, on, on mainstream TV, which is good because yes. before you couldn't watch the games unless you actually go to the games. Yeah. Whereas now it's on TV in the same capacity as, as well, I don't say in the same capacity because that's a lie. It's not in the same capacity. Um, but, you know, it's more accessible, yes. which is, is yeah. really positive for them. And there's good exposure and hopefully that will fil continue to filter down um, the league yeah. system so that, you know, there's more attendances, greater attendances at, at games, as we saw with um, Cambridge United women running the scheme of mm. free tickets, um, you know, free admission to that game the other week at St Nits, yeah. uh, where they had a good attendance and, you know, to inspire uh, young young female footballers as well. Yeah, it's, it's strange. You kind of almost think it might be a... a um, it kind of there's a top-down thing, obviously, where the yeah. you know the success of the lionesses kind of trickles down, as you say, and then at grassroots level, there's much more, you know, women and girls playing sport, playing football, and kind of sort of building that up from the mm. bottom. Then somewhere in the middle, we've got teams like the Cambridge United women, the Cambridge City women, who are um, hopefully benefiting from both sides. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly that. So you, what you really want is um, for young girls to be wanting to go and watch watch these games and also for guys as well like, don't let me be biased or yeah, sexist yeah. to any point but you know for everyone to just draw an, a, a, an interest mm. to, to um, their sport the sport mm. as well um, it'll be really positive yeah yeah and so you know there's, there's been a bit of discussion in those in those interviews really you know particularly um, Darren for Cambridge United about the shape of the women's league and how that how that works and and you know do we have is it is it structured correctly for for the game? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know too much about the structure um, in general. Um, I think it's hard because obviously there's not as much participation as in the men's game. So mm. there's millions of men's teams, it seems yeah. like, you know, and there's, mm. you know, a thousand leagues at step five and, and the step, step six and whatnot. But um, yeah, for the women's game at the moment, obviously um, trying to get more teams involved and, and competing consistently I think is the project for them because you want more teams in the league so there's a greater drop if you like and a, and a greater chance of promotion we spoke on the show um, a couple of weeks ago about how um, I think a few years ago it was only one that went up you know so mm, the season yeah. was decided at halfway through the season right. and, people, <laughs> yeah. and then you have a team that drops out and mm. folds for instance for mm. whatever reason and then nobody goes up nobody goes down yeah. and then they're just almost playing friendly games and you yeah. want it to be as competitive as possible so mm. that it, it maintains the engagement and maintains the, the, you know maintains you the yeah. spirit um, yeah. Um, but yeah with regards to the structure at the moment obviously mm. Those teams not having a game this week isn't ideal, but at the same mm -hmm. time, in in recent news articles and press releases, we've seen the number of ACL injuries rise in the women's yeah. game, and um, the the call for uh, new footwear to be designed for them because yes. physiologically the bodies are slightly different to the men. Yeah. Um, and you know, I can speak firsthand as someone that's had an, an ACL injury. It's mm -hmm. not pleasant. It's a it's a long time, and mm -hmm. I know other people, um, ladies that have had the same injury as well and it being really difficult for them but one thing we've got to be grateful for is the um the medical support that's available to us and you know mm. the specialists like specialists that have managed to see brooke um obviously hers isn't an acl injury um but yeah. you know the medical attention she's managed to receive um from what dana said is seems to be superb and will serve her well in her recovery yeah no it's and, and it's hard isn't it and you know it's difficult for teams and it's difficult for the individuals as well you know it can wreck careers or or you know and and have you know serious implications for people's day-to-day -day lives with a you know with a, a serious injury like an acl yeah yeah and uh, the thing is as well like a lot of them um they, they won't be full-time so a lot of them work and when you when you have a trade-off between you know if i've got an acl injury and i need you know, you need your knees to, mm. to, to, to move, don't course, you? Yeah. you know, and for daily yeah. life or whatever you want to do. And uh, you're thinking, OK, if I've got the, the high risk of, mm. of of getting an ACL injury and that will be an NHS waiting listing or whatever yeah, whatever right, scenario yeah. it's going to be. Do you, think um, that, do you think that kind of sort of tempers a little bit the enthusiasm for, for playing a sport if you think you you might be risky for that? I mean, it's one, you know, if it's if it's a professional career, that's one thing. But if it's yeah. something, you know, you, you're... You're fitting it in amongst all the other things in your life, and you really believe in what you're doing, and you, you know, maybe you want to kind of step up a, a level or two. But, yeah. but that that risk, I think, think the risk plays a part. If it's going to be particularly the detriment of work, you know, mm. or family life, like mm. these these strong pillars that people have, mm. it can be put on the back burner a little bit. But mm. um, you know, when you're professional in in the environment and you've got you've got access to uh, specialist medical medical mm. people and um, insurance and things like this like all yeah. these uh, luxuries that we're also grateful for that we take for granted almost mm. um you're willing to take that risk a little bit but when it doesn't come to you as readily as that then yeah. uh, you've got you've got to really make a decision yeah so those players who play for cambridge united for example um darren was full of praise for the medical team um at cambridge yeah. united and you know there are some resources there even even at you know the the, the, the level that they're at but that's something which yeah, which makes a huge difference to team, to players at all levels. Yeah, and also it will it will contribute to the success of the team because mm -hmm. ultimately, if you know X team keeps having you know ladies go down with ACL injuries and there's mm -hmm. no rehabilitation for them or there's no mm -hmm. medical support, well, 
players won't even want to go to that team no. because they know that they're not going to receive the support they need yeah. if they get injured playing for mm. said team mm. you know so and it, they might still want to play which will be really positive but they won't play for that team and then that team struggles to fill the fill yeah. a competitive squad and then then you have teams folding and not competing and then less teams in the league and and mm. more gaps in in the weeks so yeah, um, yeah. It's a it's a cyclical effect. It is, it is, and obviously we we wish Brooke well in um, in her recovery. Yeah. Um, we've just had, we've had a message um, today. I'm going to read it just for the end of the show. Dear on the terraces, uh, this is a from a Cambridge United fan. I've been to Exeter three or four times, and I think we lost all of them. And they have lost the last five games at Exeter and not scored for seven. I th- I went. Um, which seems incredible. I went to Plymouth in 1985 and there are seven fans. I could name all of them, but we had 200 fans yesterday up the U. So um, <laughs> that's from Neil Bradshaw in Fullbourne. Neil, thank you very much for your message. Um, do keep listening. Um, on the terraces, Tim, I think Tim will be back next week. Um, do stay tuned to Cambridge 105 Radio. We've got Strummers and Dreamers on next. Um, but in the meantime, Salim, um, thank you very yeah, much. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, thank you. Um, and, um, and from Matt as well. And we will see you all next week. Cambridge 105 Radio.